0: going to go to the book of Genesis, uh, once again, Genesis chapter 31, Regresando a Genesis esta noche, capítulo 31, and verse 11, Genesis 31, verso 11. We're going to continue where we left off last week. Last week we began talking about how to get ahead, and uh, we're going to do ca- how to get ahead part two tonight. How many of you would like to get ahead? How many of you are ahead? Amen. How many of you want to stay ahead? Amen. All right. Amen. ¿Cuántos quieren salir adelante? Amen. ¿Cuántos ya están adelante? Amen. Amen. ¿Cuántos quieren permanecer adelante? Amen. Amen. God said, I will make you the head and not the tail. Yeah. That means you're supposed to be the, the head. Dios ha dicho en su palabra, los haré cabeza y no cola. Así que esa es promesa de Dios para su vida. That's God's promise for your life. You will go above only and not beneath. And, and I will make you the head and not the tail. We started talking about how Jacob got ahead. Comenzamos a hablar la semana pasada de cómo Jacob salió adelante. Now he was way behind. Él estaba muy hacia atrás porque había vivido su vida hasta ese momento. Haciendo uh, cosas que tenía el intento de salir adelante pero salía atrás porque no eran cosas de integridad. We saw how Jacob up until this point in his life was behind because although the blessing of God was on him and God's promise was in his life, he kept trying to do things his own way and uh, through trickery. And he always ended up behind. So long as you violate God's principles, you're going to end up behind. Si usted viola los principios de Dios, usted va a salir atrás. And you say, well, pastor, I look around and I see the wicked. They seem to be getting ahead and they're not doing God's will. Well, that's because the game's not over yet. Uh, But when the game is over and when all has been tallied up, the wicked are going to be far behind. And so, you want to be on the side of the righteous. Queremos estar con los justos, los que van a salir adelante, tarde que t- que temprano. Si usted hace las cosas, hace la voluntad de Dios, según y conforme el plan y los principios de Dios, usted va a salir adelante. And we saw last week how, how Jacob began to get ahead because he began to live as a man of integrity. Vimos la semana pasada que Jacob... Comenzó a salir adelante porque él comenzó a vivir como un hombre de integridad. And the Bible said that God is pleased with integrity. Dice la escritura que Dios a Dios le place la integridad. And I mentioned to you that there were four things that integrity means. I'll repeat them tonight just for your review. Number one, integrity means we tell the truth even when it hurts. Say amen somebody. La integridad significa que decimos la verdad aun cuando duele. Y eso es muy importante. The Bible also says that a, a good man swears by his own hurt. That means if you said something and then it gets hard to do what you said, you do it anyway. Because you put your word on it. And that's the second thing, is that integrity means we keep our promise when it's easier to break it. La integridad significa que guardamos nuestras promesas, aunque sea más fácil quebrarlas. It's easier to break a promise than to keep one sometimes. But integrity means we're going to do what we said. La integridad significa que vamos a hacer lo que decimos. Number three, integrity means we confront a problem even when it's easier to walk away. Número tres, dijimos que la integridad significa que confrontamos nuestros problemas aunque sea más fácil ignorarlos. And I mentioned to you there are a lot of families who deal with generational problems because no one's ever confronted the issue. And as long as that thing hasn't been confronted, that problem seems like it's easier just to walk away from it. But if it doesn't get healed, if it doesn't get... uh, um, exposed to the light of God and bring and you bring healing into that, by confronting it in God's way, that problem is going to become worse in your life. Uh, I dealt with a family on one occasion who uh, was, uh, many of them had been sexually abused. And no one ever confronted the problem, and none of them knew that the others were victims. And so you had a whole family of people, sprinkled throughout the family, who were abuse victims. And finally, when one of the abuses came uh, to me, I confronted it. And when I did that, the uh, whole family started to confront that problem. And because it was confronted, now healing could come. Now there could be restoration not just for one but for all and for the many generations that had been affected by that. Integrity means I'm going to confront this. It's hard. It means I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness. It means I'm going to have to say I'm sorry. It means I'm going to have to say you can't live like that in my house. Whatever it means. Confrontation means that you've got to do what uh, your own principles dictate. Because that's what integrity means, that you're whole. You don't violate your values and your your principles. And number four, integrity means that we forgive and love without bias. Número cuatro, dijimos que la integridad significa que perdonamos y amamos sin uh, hacer excepción de personas. So that means that we don't just love our race of people, or we don't just forgive our favorite child or our favorite uh, person on the job, but that we are just and that we walk in integrity before all people. And uh, many people walk around with wounds in their lives because they were treated Un, unfairly, or they were not given favor by certain people in their family who gave favor to others. You don't want to be that person, you want to be a man or woman who forgives and who loves without bias. La integridad dice que uh, o significa que amamos y perdonamos sin excepción de personas. No decimos, bueno, él es mexicano, lo voy a perdonar, pero al americano no. Oh, no, bueno, él es de mi iglesia, voy a mirar la, a la otra, uh, al otro lado, pero el de otra iglesia no. No tenemos que ser parejos uh, para, para caminar en integridad. Now you can see how this will help you get ahead. Because when you walk with integrity, the Bible says you walk securely. Dice la Escritura que cuando caminamos en integridad, caminamos seguros. And because God is a God of integrity, and because God is pleased with integrity, when you and I walk in integrity, God blesses us. Cuando caminamos en integridad, porque Dios es un Dios de integridad, Él nos bendice. Now, I know you're having a hard time uh, saying amen to that, some of you, but I want to just think about this. Was God good to you when you were not walking in Him? Well, guess what? If God was good to you when you were a rascal, why wouldn't he be even better to you when you're walking like he walks? Say amen, somebody. If God was good to you when you were walking away from his ways, how much greater will his blessing be as you walk in integrity just like the heart of God is a heart of integrity? All right, so tonight we're going to pick up right there and we're going to continue. Genesis chapter 31 And verse 11, Genesis chapter 31, verse 11, Then the angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see that all the male goats which are mating are striped, speckled, and spotted. For I have seen them, pardon, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel where you appointed a pillar, where you made a vow to me. Now rise, leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. Rachel and Leah said to him, Do we still have any portion or inheritance with our father's household? Are we not reckoned by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and has also entirely consumed our purchase price. Surely all the wealth which God has taken away from our Father, belongs to us and to our children. Now then, do whatever God has said to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight because you call us to a higher calling. You call us to be people, men and women, of integrity. And tonight we want to come to your word to discern and discover what it is that you require in order for us to get ahead. And I pray that you would use me tonight to teach And anoint every person here to hear the word and to receive it as seed sown into the fertile soil of their hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right. So integrity is the key ingredient. Say that with me. Integrity is the key ingredient. You can't can't disobey God on some things and then expect his blessing. You have to understand that God walks with us, and that he blesses us as we walk in integrity. But that's only one of the parts of the equation for getting ahead. So if you didn't get that message, get it. Uh, It's on the podcast or Facebook, wherever you need to get it. But go and listen to that because I can't cover any more of that tonight if we're going to get on with this. Uh, What I want you to see now is the second thing about how to get Ahead. Lo que vamos a ver ahora la segunda manera en la cual Jacob sale adelante y cómo usted y yo también podemos salir adelante. Now Jacob had worked for Laban, his father-in-law, seven years to get his first wife Leah, seven more years to get his second wife Rachel, and then seven more years to get his own wealth, his own inheritance. Uh, Jacob ha trabajado 14 años Para sus dos esposas y ahora siete años más para poder uh, adquirir alguna uh, riqueza. But the Bible tells us that Laban was trickier than Jacob. Uh, And so the trickster met his match. Laban, el suegro, era más más problemático que Jacob y le salió adelante a Jacob. Jacob um, era un engañador y Laban era más engañador que Jacob. Jacob, have you ever met your match? You know, God will see to it that you'll meet your match. A veces Dios nos pone personas de nuestra vida para enseñarnos que aquí no vas a poder. And Laban changed Jacob's wages 10 times. Jacob o Laban le cambió el salario a Jacob 10 veces. Now I ask you, what would happen if they changed your wages, they lowered your wages 10 times? How do you get ahead when they're, chain, when they're lowering your wages? You can get ahead, I think, if, if they'll keep your wages steady or increase your wages. But how in the world do you get ahead when they are lowering your wages? ¿Cómo es que él puede salir adelante cuando la van diez veces le baja el salario? Y a lo mejor usted puede salir adelante si le dejan parejo el salario, o oh, si le uh, dan aumento en salario, pero sí si se lo van a bajando y 10 veces le ocurrió así a Jacob, entonces es difícil salir adelante. Entonces Jacob viene con su suegro. Jacob comes to his father-in-law and he says, "Look, I want to go back home. I want to go back to the to the promised land. I'm taking my wives and my children with me." And by now Jacob has about 11 Children or so. Para este tiempo, Jacob ya tiene once hijos y dos esposas y quiere regresarse a la tierra prometida. And he says, but I can't leave here without some wealth. No puedo salir de aquí sin algún dinero. Yo necesito las riquezas que me corresponden. And so here we see Jacob do something that is completely Counter to his nature, aquí vemos a Jacob hacer algo completamente contrario a su naturaleza. It's even counter to uh, uh, perhaps to good business. Quizá aún es contrario a un buen, una buen, buen decisión de negocio. But here's what he says. He says, um, "I want you to uh, let me have all of the sheep and all of the goats and all of the cattle." from a particular, from the flock, that are spotted, speckled, and striped. All right, so let's have that that picture up there, because I want you to see we don't work with sheep and goats and cows, at least most of us don't, so we don't have a, a real big uh, visual of this. Give me that first picture if you can, Sister Elia. I want you to see kind of what a flock looks like. Uh, it looks like the sheep are not wanting to come out of the, of the stall tonight. All right. Uh, so there are there are some there are some sheep that are f- one solid color, maybe black or brown or white, and uh, this is true with the goats and this is true with the cattle. Hay ganado que es todo de un color. Algunos son negros, otros blancos, otros café. Y luego unos que otro que tiene manchas. Then one or one or two others that are spotted, speckled or striped. Now, the, the, the full colored livestock are the more expensive and the the more valuable. El ganado que es de un un color completo es más de más valor, tiene más valor, entonces Jacob hace un trato con Laban. So Jacob makes a deal with Laban. Now, you know it's tricky to make deals with tricksters, right? Esto es peligroso hacer un trato con Laban porque Laban ya le ha robado. Laban has tricked him a lot already. And this is the deal he makes. He says, "Um, all I want from the flock are the speckled, spotted, and striped livestock. You keep the white ones, the brown ones, the black ones. You just give me the spotted ones, the, the cheaper ones. Uh, te voy a pedir que me des de el rebaño, todo el, uh, el del rebaño, todas las vacas, los chivos y, y la, uh, las um, ovejas, que sean uh, de un color, de que tengan manchas, las imperfectas, las que no tienen tanto valor. Y de eso, yo voy a hacer mi riqueza. And from that, I'll make my... Wealth. I'll make my inheritance. And so Laban says, okay, that sounds like a good deal. Because looking at the flock, there were more solid colored sheep and goats and cows than not. And so Laban said, this is a good deal. I'm going to take advantage of Jacob. And he's not even going to see it coming. This boy is making a bad deal. And now what is Jacob doing here is that he is taking... A step of faith. If you're wanting to get ahead, you're going to have to walk by faith. Say, walk by faith. Si usted quiere salir adelante, tiene que caminar por fe. Now, what we see Jacob doing here is that he is hes saying, God, you're going to have to get involved here because I am uh, up against it. I have a disadvantage in this situation. Jacob está diciendo, Señor, yo necesito que uh, tú intervengas aquí porque uh, para que yo salga adelante, um, yo voy a necesitar la ayuda de tu providencia. Porque uh, en este caso, yo estoy en una desventaja. And, And this is what I want you to see is that Jacob has stopped trusting in himself. He has stopped trusting in his own schemes, and his own uh, abilities, and he is now depending on God. He's saying to God, if I'm going to have any wealth at all, it's going to be because of you. Él está diciendo, Señor, si yo voy a tener riqueza alguna, va a ser porque tú me lo has dado. And so he asks for the speckled, the spotted, and the striped. Él pide... La, los animales que tienen manchas o rayas en su color. Jacob is hazarding his whole life upon God. Él está poniendo toda su confianza en Dios. This is what the Bible says in First Timothy chapter 1 verse 4, that the administration of God is furthered by faith, dice uh, primera de Timoteo capítulo 1 verso 4 que la administ- administración de Jehová es avanzada mediante la fe. I want you to think about that real quick because the Bible is literally saying that God's administration or God's business, God's work, is advanced how? By faith. La administración o el negocio de Dios es avanzado Mediante la fe. Now you remember that um, the, the Lord gave a parable. He said that there was a, a master who, gave, who was leaving out of, out of the country for a long time. And he gave one servant one talent. He gave another servant two talents. He gave another servant five talents or three talents depending on the parable you're reading. Well, guess what? This, is the, this, is, this parable is teaching us something about the nature of God is that God gives to each one of us a talent. He gives to each one of us an opportunity. And what we do with that opportunity is up to us. Now, we don't really like to think about that. We like to think that we sit on the front porch, the Lord goes and works our talent, and then brings us back a big package at Christmas time. right? But that's not how it works. God gives you an opportunity. What does he give you? An opportunity. Now, what you do with the opportunity is up to you. Dios le da a cada uno una oportunidad y según lo que usted haga con la oportunidad, eso es lo que va a producir. Usted no puede sentarse en el portal de su casa, tomarse una limonada y esperar que Dios le traiga un gran regalo, una gran recompensa, sino que la oportunidad es suya para que usted haga algo con ella. So that one, the first servant, took the talent And what did he do with it? He hid it in the ground. El primero tomó su oportunidad y la escondió en la tierra. Y dijo, porque yo sé que mi maestro saca de donde no metió nada. Y porque él es eh, exactador... Yo tengo miedo. So he was afraid. He went and hid his opportunity. And this is what he said He said, Because I know that my master reaps where he did not sow. And so, because he's so good at business, I don't want to mess this up. I'm just going to leave my opportunity there and forget about it. All right, there's some of you right now, you're sitting on your opportunity. Now, the second one and the third one, they took what they had. Now, the Bible said that he gave to each one according to their ability. So, if you can handle two, he'll give you two. And if you can handle five, he'll give you five. But the the point is that however much he gives you, you can double it. However much opportunity he's given you, you can multiply it. Say amen, somebody. La oportunidad que Dios te ha dado, tú la puedes doblar. Esos que tomaron los talentos fueron y la doblaron. El que tenía dos hizo cuatro. Y el que tenía uh, cinco hizo diez. Estaban multiplicando lo que se les había dado. So Jacob is, is understanding this principle. I'm going to trust God to bless this thing. I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to take this step of faith. And I'm going to trust in God. To bless it, I'm gonna trust in God to get involved and to support me as I walk toward him in the integrity of my heart. Jacob está confiando in Dios y él está entendiendo que la administración de Dios se mueve por la fe. God's work, God's business moves by faith. How does it move? By faith, so if anything from God is going to happen in your life, it's going to happen by faith. The Bible said that faith without works is dead, so you're going to have to do something. Usted va a tener que hacer algo, and that's how you validate that you have faith. Eso es como usted da validez, que usted tiene fe cuando usted ponien, comienza a poner en obra las cosas que Dios ha puesto su vida. We read last week that integrity pleases God, but you remember what Hebrews says? It says without faith no man can please God. Amen. Sin fe dice la escritura, es imposible agradar a Dios. You know what God is looking for tonight? He's looking for people who will believe him. Dios esta noche está buscando personas que le crean. Personas que tengan una visión, una mentalidad que diga si Dios me ha dado este sueño, esta visión, esta oportunidad, yo voy a hacerla crecer. He's looking for some people who will say, all right, if God's given me an opportunity, I'm going to get in the game and I'm going to work this thing until it produces something because God has already given me the opportunity and I'm going to walk by faith now until something happens in my life. So if you're going to get ahead, unbelief has to be done away with. Si usted va a salir adelante, tiene que deshacerse de la incredulidad. If you walk around thinking I can't I want to go to this job interview but I'm not going to get it. Guess what? You're not going to get it. Si usted entra para pedir un trabajo y ya va pensando no me lo van a dar. Entonces, no, lo, no se lo van a dar. You've got you've to believe because faith pleases God. La fe agrada a Dios. What's more is that faith moves God. La fe mueve a Dios. Your need doesn't move God. Listen, guys, if need moved God, then there wouldn't be any poor people. If need moved God, there would be any hungry people. What moves God is faith. Lo que mueve a Dios no es la necesidad. Porque si la necesidad moviere a Dios, no hubiera necesidades. Si, si la necesidad moviere a Dios, no hubiera hambre. No hubiera personas pobres. La necesidad no mueve a Dios. Lo que mueve a Dios es la fe. What moves God is when you and I believe Him. You know what need does move is need moves us. La necesidad nos mueve a nosotros. And when need moves you, you've got to decide, am I going to start, am I going to move toward complaining and unbelief, and I'm going to grouch about my circumstances, or am I going to move toward faith and confidence in God? Am I going to trust God to do something? Say amen, somebody. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So Jacob here is taking a step of faith. Now he's he's taking the short stick. He's telling Laban, you give me the cheaper livestock and the ones that are fewer. Now, here is Jacob taking this step of faith. Laban, he's not walking with God. He doesn't have any integrity. And this is what the Bible says he does, that he takes out of the flock all of the spotted, speckled, and um, striped lambs and goats and cattle. And he removes them three days' journey away so now when Jacob looks at that flock there aren't any speckled spotted and striped livestock ahora Laban dice la escritura que va y saca del rebaño todos los animales que eran manchados o rayados y los mueve tres días de camino para que cuando Jacob vea ese rebaño no I knew of those. He doesn't have a single lamb in there. Now, here was this was the idea. That when they mated, they would have striped uh, goats and striped sheep and striped cattle, and then uh, as they mated, they would multiply. That's how you grow a herd. But if you don't have any to start with, all the, all the lambs being born are going to be solid color. So Jacob has a problem now, but remember he's walking by faith. Amen. He's trusting God. Laban le ha sacado todo del rebaño para que para que genéticamente cuando estos animales tengan tengan hijos no va a haber ni uno rayado ni ni pinto. Les dicen no haber ninguno de Jacob ahí. So what does Jacob do now? The Bible tells us that Jacob does something very interesting, and uh, this is uh, something that I want you to get, just kind of get a, a, a hold of, and then we'll try to explain it in a minute, but the Bible says he takes some uh, sticks of poplar wood, um, Jacob toma unos palos de un árbol y comienza a rayarlos, he starts putting, put peeling into them stripes, all right, Jacob has been in the sun too long, he's lost his marbles. Jacob ya perdió la mente. He takes all these sticks and basically what he does is he makes a wall of sticks right where the animals go to eat and where they mate. Jacob pone una pared o un muro de palos rayados enfrente donde los animales van a tomar agua comer y donde ellos van a estar cada día. And and when the Bible says that when he does this, cuando él hace esto, los animales miraban aquellos palos. The, the animals would look at those at those uh, sticks that were striped, and uh, as they looked at them, the Bible said they began to mate, and what they what they birthed was striped, spotted, and speckled. Now let me have my cow, please. <laughs> My people don't understand without visuals tonight. That's what the cow looked like staring at that gate. Está la vaca viendo a los palos. Now, scholars have a hard time interpreting this because you can't put certain shapes in front of animals and make them have a change in their genetics. How did this happen? So a lot of scholars think, well, this is just an old superstition. It shouldn't even be in the Bible. Muchos que era una superstición que no debe ni estar en la Biblia, but it's in the Bible. You read it, didn't you? I read it to you last week. Now the Bible said that as the as these animals are looking at these sheep, or these uh, sheep and the goats and the cows are looking at these sticks, that they're starting to give birth to lambs that are speckled, spotted, and striped. And so Jacob's Jacob's flock starts to grow. El rebaño de Jacob comienza a crecer. And I can imagine Laban would come by there thinking. <laughs> And then he said, like, "Wait a minute. That one's striped. That one's spotted. And that one over there is speckled." And and Jacob starts to see God prospering him in the midst of adversity. Jacob comienza a ver que Dios lo prospera mediante la la adversidad mediante este engaño que le quiso hacer su suegro even amidst this trick that his father-in-law played on him so uh, first of all let's just understand this I'm going to unpack that uh, about the sticks in just a minute but I want you to understand this first of all that Jacob used what he had primero vamos a entender esto que Jacob usó lo que él tenía he didn't have a whole lot so he grabbed some sticks he had sticks If you're going to get ahead, if you're going to walk by faith, you're going to have to use what you have. See, a lot of times we think, well, if I just had what they have, if I had the car they have, if I had the house they have, if I had the education they have, and the fact is that you're overlooking what you have. Every time you see a miracle in the Bible, it begins with somebody bringing to God what they had. God said to Moses, what's in your hand? A rod. Well, That's what we're going to use. He said to the woman who was deeply indebted, he said, what do you have in your house? Well, I have a little bit of oil. All right, go borrow some pots. We're going to use what you have. And he, the little boy that fed 5,000 people with his sack lunch all that Jesus needed was somebody to say, Lord, you can use what I have. Is there anybody in here who will let God use what you have? Amen. Listen, if you let God use what he, what you have to do what he wants, he'll bless you in return. Remember Peter? He used Peter's boat to preach. He didn't even pay rent on the boat. He just used Peter's boat. But God blessed Peter, wouldn't you say? God made Peter a fisher of men. So Jacob uses what he has. The second thing I want you to notice here is that he he knew, uh, Jacob understood what he wanted. He knew that he wanted to see uh, this thing change, and he wanted to see striped, speckled, and spotted. Uh, lambs, And so he starts walking in the direction of what he wanted and what he needed from God. Now I want you to see one more thing here because this is really a type. And the type is of Christ. Christ is that wood that has been striped. Christ, the cross, is typified here. Aquí vemos también una tipificación, un cuadro del Antiguo Testamento de la Cruz del Señor. Aquí vemos la, la Las heridas de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Can I just tell you, friend? If you will look at Jesus, your situation can change. Si usted mira y se enfoca en Cristo, su situación puede cambiar. Somebody ought to say, amen. "Amen." The Bible said, "Put your eyes on Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our faith." So you gotta, you gotta look at Jesus, just the way that cow is looking at that gate. Don't get distracted. Don't change your focus. Don't look at anything else. Usted tiene que poner sus ojos en Cristo. Infocarse en Cristo que nada lo distraiga de tener esa atención perfecta. Dice la Escritura, pon tus ojos en Cristo, el autor y consumador de nuestra fe. And, And the word there is to glue your eyes to Jesus. La palabra ahí es, pega tus ojos en Cristo. Because if your eyes are on Jesus, Jesus is going to produce faith in your life. And Jesus is going to bring changes in your life. Si tus ojos están en Cristo, va a haber resultado en tu vida. Listen, friends, you can't look to Jesus and stay the same. Usted no puede enfocarse en Cristo y quedarse igual. Say, something's got to change. If you give your life to Christ, you put your focus on Christ, something's got to change in your life. Say it again. Something's got to change. Now, in the natural, Jacob is at a disadvantage. But in the spiritual, he's walking by faith. And what I want us to see now is what's really going on. Say, what's really going on? Now, I read to you chapter 31, and the angel of the Lord explains to Jacob what has happened. Now, here's what we see here, is that Jacob had a dream, or he had a vision, and he had a revelation from God. And the Lord said to him, Behold, how the speckled and spotted and striped livestock are more than Laban's. He said, This is because I have seen what Laban did to you. So God says to him, Jacob... I'm going to increase you. I'm going to bless you. And he gives him a picture. He gives him a vision of what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. Dios le da a Jacob un retrato, una visión de lo que él va a hacer. And so Jacob goes and does this thing with the sticks. But you know, guys, it really was never about the cattle. Give me the next picture. It was really about Jacob. You see, what caused the miracle was not that the cow and the sheep and the goats saw the striped wall. What caused the miracle was that Jacob saw it. Jacob got a vision of what God wanted to do in his life. Now listen. The whole time scholars are looking at the cow, they're missing out on the fact that it was the patriarch who was actually having his faith built up by the vision that he had from God. So here's number three. If you're going to get ahead, you need a vision of what God wants to do. Si quieres salir adelante, necesitas una visión de lo que Dios quiere hacer en tu vida. Tell your neighbor, get a vision. The angel comes, and he gives Jacob a vision of what he's going to do. Now, you remember, the angel of the Lord is who? Who's the angel of the Lord in the Bible? It's Jesus. Jesus comes prior to the incarnation, and he appears to the patriarch several times, and here's one time he appears to Jacob, and he is going to... He's going to tell him, he's going to give him a picture of what he wants to do in his life. And let me ask a question. Do you have a picture? Do you have a vision of what God wants to do in your life? Amen. Say amen if you do. Amen. Listen, if you don't, you need to spend more time with God. Because any amount of time you spend with God, you're going to get a glimpse of what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Si usted pasa tiempo con Dios, Dios le va a dar un, un retrato, un cuadro de lo que él quiere hacer. En su vida. Y aquí nuestro enfoque no debe estar sobre los animales viendo pared, sino que Jacob la está viendo. Because every time he takes those sheep and those goats and those uh, cow to water, guess what? He's seeing the fence. He's seeing the vision. He's seeing what God wants to do in his life. And his faith is being built up. La fe de Jacob está creciendo Cada vez que él ve este muro Que él ve esta, esta estos palos rayados La fe de Jacob está siendo crecida Mediante la visión y la revelación que Dios le ha dado Now I want you to see two things Vision does two things for us Number one, vision gives us insight Número uno, uh, la visión nos ayuda a entender la situación the Insight means that we are able to see what's actually going on. Poder ver lo que está pasando en la realidad lo que está pasando espiritualmente. Vision gives us insight so that we can understand what's really going on in the spiritual context. You see, many times... um, We we need God to pull the veil back so we can see what's going on in the spirit. Because until you know what's really going on, you don't really know how to pray. You don't really know how to ask God or what to ask God for. You might, I mentioned it on Sunday, you might have a rebellious teenager. And the the whole time, you know, you're you're yelling and screaming at the teenager. You, You need some revelation to realize there's a spirit behind that. There's a. There is a revelation of what is really going on that God wants to give you. And because you're a believer, because you're spirit-filled, if you'll just ask God for insight, he'll give you insight. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Kings 6, verse 17 through 20. And uh, Segunda 2 Reyes, capítulo 6, versos 17 al 20, dice la escritura que uh, el ejército salió a, a, a arrestar al profeta Eliseo, the, an army, came out to arrest the prophet Elisha. And the scripture says that when they came, they surrounded the city where he was, Rodearon la ciudad donde él estaba. And so when his, when his servant came out and he saw this, he panicked. Cuando salió el siervo, vio esto y entró al pánico. And he went and he got the prophet and he said, uh, this is it, your, your number's up you're going to jail, you're probably going to be executed, we're surrounded, there's no way out of this. And uh, the Bible said that Elisha prayed for his servant, and he said, Lord, open his eyes. Give him spiritual vision. And the scripture said when when the Lord opened his eyes, the man wasn't blind physically. He was blind spiritually. When he got insight, when he got vision, the Bible said his eyes were open, and he saw chariots of fire surrounding the city. He saw an angelic army that was around the army that had come to arrest the prophet. And he said, there are more with us than there are against us. Say amen, somebody. You see, was that angelic army there only when his eyes were open? Well, they were there the whole time. He just couldn't see them. El ejército de ángeles rodeó el ejército que vino a arrestar uh, a el profeta Eliseo, pero el siervo no lo podía mirar porque no tenía visión. So vision comes to give you a description of the context that you're in. La visión nos, nos ayuda a tener una, un entendimiento del contexto o la época en la cual estamos viviendo. Uh, Listen, if you can get spiritual insight, you can get a lot of peace about different things in your life. Si usted puede llegar a tener visión espiritual, Dios le da mucha paz. You know, sometimes we're fighting against God while he's trying to do something in our life. And he's trying to uh, grow something in our life or he's trying to develop something in us. And instead of working with him, we're fighting against him because we don't have insight. We need spiritual vision. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty-seven 27, that Moses forsook Egypt because he saw him who was invisible. Hebreos 11, 27, dice la escritura que Moisés retrasó Egipto cuando era joven porque él vio al que era invisible. Now just think about that. Moses lives in a palace. He's raised In Pharaoh's household. He is a member of the noble family. And yet the Bible says he forsook Egypt. What would cause Moses to forsake palaces and servants and butlers and maids and gourmet cooks and a good education and job security and go and live in the wilderness for 40 years? What would move a man to do that? He got a glimpse of the invisible God. He saw that God had something bigger for him than Egypt. Say amen, somebody. You see, when you get a glimpse of where God's taking you, where you are, it doesn't start looking so pretty anymore. And that's why I tell you, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Because many people, they start walking with the Lord, they get out of the mess they're in, but they just keep their eye on the mess. And they don't have a vision of the fact that Jesus has something better for you than addiction, than poverty, than brokenness, broken relationships. Come on, somebody. There's something better for you if you will get a vision of where God wants to take you. And, and when, you, when you get that insight, you'll realize, you know what? Egypt is Egypt. Egypt is death. Egypt is sin. Egypt is bondage. God has a better place. Tell your neighbor, get a vision. Now, the second thing vision does is it gives us foresight. cosa que la visión hace es que nos da la habilidad de ver hacia el futuro. Vision gives us foresight. Say foresight. What is foresight? It's the ability to look ahead. To see the expected future. La visión nos da la habilidad de mirar hacia adelante y ver el futuro esperado. You know what the Bible says? God said, I know the plans I have for you. They are to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to give you one version says, an expected end. La visión nos ayuda a ver adelante a ver lo que Dios va a hacer y quiere hacer en mi vida. Jacob has a vision of the fact that God is going to give him a bigger flock than Laban. That's an expected end. That's a future that God is promising to Jacob. What is it God has promised to you? What is the expected end that God has promised in your life? Are you looking toward the future? Listen, if you can't see past tonight, you need to look to Jesus. Because there is more for you than what you can see right now. Si usted no puede ver más allá que esta noche, es que hay un problema, necesita mirar a Jesús. Tome una visión de Jesús porque hay mucho más que lo que Dios hacer con usted, que lo que usted está viendo ahorita. So uh, when we see this picture, we see the, the sheep coming to drink water, they're coming to eat, they're looking at the gate, but really it's Jacob who's coming to look at that gate. It's Jacob who's coming to look at that fence. It's Jacob to sing, this is what I saw in a vision, this is what God showed me, this is the foresight, this is the insight. I look around and I see more solid colored animals, then striped. But sooner or later, my, my day is going to come and my flock's going to be bigger than Laban's. And he's walking by faith and he's walking in light of the vision that God has given to him. So here's a, a couple things I want you to know about vision. Number one is to make a vision of reality, you need to put, put the vision where you can see it with your natural eyes. Para ver una visión realizada, tienes que ponerla donde la puedas ver con tu ojo natural. Now, remember I told you there is a spiritual man and there is a natural man, right? Right? We haven't forgotten that, right? The natural man did not go away when your spiritual man was saved. When you taste food, you taste it with your natural man. And your natural man is how your spiritual man communicates with this world. When your spiritual man is gone, your natural man is going to die. All right? So you need to put your vision where your natural man can see it. That means the Bible in one place says, write the vision down. Una de las maneras de hacerlo es de escribirlo. If your vision isn't written down, it doesn't exist. You got to put it down on something. Put it down on paper. Put it down in a journal or in your on your refrigerator, wherever you need to. But write it down. The Bible said that God gave Moses a vision for the tabernacle. What did Moses do? He wrote it down. And you can go to your Bible tonight and read the book of Exodus, and you'll read What Moses wrote down about what God showed him that he was going to do. So that's the first thing you need to do. That's why uh, when you become a member of Kingsway Church, we go through Serve 101. And I go through and teach you what is the vision of this church. And we have it on the screen. And we have it on paper. Why? Because we want you to see it. We want you to start seeing it with us. To believe it with us. To say, you know what? I believe that God's going to do these things through Kingsway Church. It's important to have a visual of what God wants to do in your life. And so uh, if the first step is to write it down. And if you you can do more than that, then draw it. Or build a model. Or clip it out of a magazine. Or Pinterest it. I don't know what you're going to do. Just put it somewhere where you can see where you're headed ponga ahí lo que usted va a, 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 a cree que Dios va a hacer si lo, si lo puede dibujar dibújelo si usted lo puede edificar a, haga un modelo si lo tiene que a, sacar un retrato de, un, de una revista hágalo pónganlo en un lugar donde usted lo pueda ver donde usted pueda cada día ir como Jacob y ver esa cerca So you can do just like that cow. Every day you go to the refrigerator, you go get some gold water, there's your vision. Come on, somebody. And every time you see it, you remember God gave me a promise. God said he was going to do this in my life. God told me he was going to do this. And then you you have to do what Jacob did. You have to start taking steps in the direction of that vision in the direction of that promise. But you got to have it somewhere where your natural eye can see it, where you can where you can be reminded of it. If it's if it's in a journal or in a, a piece of paper somewhere at the bottom of a drawer, that's great, but you only saw it once or twice. You want to see have a reminder of what God is planning to do in your life. And then do like I do and take that that picture Or that drawing, and then put every Bible verse that has anything to do with that, put it all over that thing, and start praying those scriptures as you walk in the direction of God's promise. As you walk in the direction of God's purpose for your life. Now, look, I'll just give you a a real practical example. Um, Let's see, it's been about five years now, we started remodeling this church. And you guys can remember, some of you can remember, the first thing I did was I had a bulletin board, or is it that what we call it? We don't even know what they're called anymore, right? Bulletin board, cork board, with all the printouts of what things were going to look like, and I drew the sanctuary you're looking at, the sanctuary, the way you're sitting in it right now, I drew it. Didn't look anything like that. And this looks a whole lot better than my picture. And then I came in here and I put some masking tape on the floor where this, where the stage was going to be, where those screens were going to be, and, and people would come in and look at that and wonder, why, why did they leave tape on the ground? But I wanted to see it, and it became so real because I, at the time I was commuting from Kennedy, on, on Sunday morning when I'm driving to church or during the week when I'm driving to church, I would drive in thinking I was walking into this sanctuary, and then I would walk in and <laughs> Oh, man, it still, still have the pews that are like a seesaw and the carpet that's stained. And y'all, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you, you never got to see that. But it, it would disappoint me. But then I would go back and I remember, this is what it's going to look like. This is what God is going to do. This is how we're going to see it. And then it happened. I said, then it happened. And, and uh, today we have to draw new drawings. Come on, somebody. We have to make new plans. Come on, somebody. Because God has bigger things, greater things for us to do. And the same that's happened here can happen in your life. If you imagine yourself having a degree, then put that somewhere where you can see it. If you imagine yourself having a paid-off house or paid-off car, put that somewhere where you can see it and claim God's word over that. And the second thing I want you to do is I want you to share it with the right people. Número dos, comparta su visión con las personas adecuadas. Listen, Jacob went and shared his vision with his wives. You have to go share your vision with with somebody else. Now, I said the right people. Sometimes you share it with the wrong people, they can discourage you. But Moses went and shared his plan with the elders of Israel. David, when he saw Goliath, he shared his plan with the men around him he said, I'm going to take that guy's head off today. Joseph went and told his plan to his brothers and they sold him. And you know what I learned from that? Is that, uh, you know, you you want to tell your plan to the right people. But even if you tell it to the wrong people, if it's God's plan, they won't be able to kill it. If if somebody can kill your dream, it wasn't from God. But you go and you share it. And I I shared this with you on on Sunday night. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 that the Lord heard the saints having a conversation about what the Lord was going to do, and he was eavesdropping. You see, when you go and you share your vision with somebody else, you say, this is what I believe God is going to do, you're telling that person, but you're actually, the Lord's listening. You guys ever eavesdrop? So righteous in here. God is eavesdropping. And so what's he hearing tonight? I don't, think, I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to lose this job. I think I'm going to fail. I think I must be sick or something. Or is he hearing, you know what? God is going to provide. God is going to make this thing come to pass. God is going to bring me through. Come on, somebody. God is going to make this vision a reality in my life. And when he heard them, the Lord, the Bible said the Lord heard them and he gave heed He turned their conversation into a request, into prayer. He accepted it as a prayer that he answered as they walked in the fear of the Lord. The last thing I want you to do, write this down, is work the plan. Say, work the plan. You've got to do something with what God has put in your heart. Let's stand together tonight. Are there any dreamers in here? I want you to put that picture of that flock back up. Please, sister. I want you to just look at this picture of this flock. Because next week we're going to see the flock. We're going to see Jacob come out of Laban's household. And his flock is going to be bigger than Laban's. Listen, God's going to do in you things that are going to surprise you. I said, God's going to do in you things that are going to surprise you. And the trickster is going to lose his power over your life. And the one who has robbed you and changed your wages ten times won't be able to touch you again. Come on, somebody. Because you are blessed because the promise of God is on your life. God told Jacob, I will not let you go. Until I have done everything that I promised to you. So if you believe God tonight, I want you to just to lift your hands for a few moments. And just begin to claim. Just begin to pray. Get a heavenly picture, a heavenly vision of what God wants to do in your life. Start looking toward your future. Ask God for insight. Ask God for foresight. Ask him to give you wisdom put Jesus before you tonight put your eyes on Jesus don't look at your disappointments don't look at the things that didn't work out don't think look don't look at the things where you failed look to Jesus Jesus knows no disappointments Jesus knows no failures Jesus knows no setbacks He is the author and the finisher that means he's going to finish what he started He's going to finish what he began in your life. He is the perfecter of it. Come on, just open your mouth and bless the Lord. Start thanking him. Start thanking him for what he's going to do. Call it out tonight. Say and speak those things that be not as though they were. Come on, you have a spirit of faith. The Bible said, I believe, therefore I speak. So speak tonight.